I want to get out of bed and be like, this is what I've been training for. <laughs> like that's doing the yeah. work. Yeah. Like if I'm going to go clear my mind for what? Yeah. To have more fulfilling, vulnerable, authentic relationships that will fuel me. Mm-hmm. listening to Do The Work Pod with Amanda and Kate. Two fireballs exploring how doing the inner work shapes your outer world. Five, four, three, two, lift off. <laughs> Houston, we have a podcast. Should we start over? Why? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We are here. This is our inaugural episode of Do The Work Podcast. I am your co-host, Amanda. And I'm Kate. And we're going to talk about ourselves not too much, but just so that you know that you're not talking to crazy people here or listening to us. We'll talk about ourselves in a little bit, give you guys some background. But first, before we even get into us and our stories, we kind of wanted to set this stage for you, the listeners, and give you some context on what the heck this podcast is and why we are doing it. And so our podcast is called Do the Work. And we're going to be talking a lot about what the work means later on in this episode. But really and truly, the way that this podcast came into fruition was a direct result of both Kate and I doing quote unquote the work in our everyday lives. And I think that's the important piece. So let's talk about how this podcast (laughs) came to fruition. So some of you guys listening might be familiar with Krishna Das. Bhakti Guru, Krishna Das was doing a, a live show, live performance in San Francisco. I'll save you guys the backstory, but this was a thing for Kate and I because we had to go into the city, San Francisco. We live in Oakland. It was like a Friday night and we wanted to go, but I think individually both were really tired and really didn't want to go. And so I'll speak from my perspective, but I was like, oh my God, Kate and I are new friends. I don't want to like bail on this girl, but I really do not want to go all the way into San Francisco. And then I also had this weird like spiritual pressure because it's Krishna Das and that's an amazing connective spiritual experience. I just wasn't in that mindset at that time. I honestly just wanted a margarita. And I was like, you know what? I could do what I really want to do, which is be honest with her and just let her know, like, listen, I'm just not feeling the whole trek out there. Do you want to hang out and do something differently? Or I could do what I historically had always done, which was stick with the plans, even if it wasn't what I wanted and suck it up and probably be a little bit miserable or a little bit resentful. Again, not that Krishna Das is a miserable experience, but just wasn't the vibe. And I remember Kate walking up to my apartment and I was like, ah, so I got to be really honest with you. And honesty, by the way, even in silly moments like that, honesty is, a, is no small feat. So it's like, hey, got to be honest with you. I really don't want to go to Krishna Das tonight. <laughs> and I remember you looked at me. I feel like my eyeballs popped out of my head <laughs> with the amount of relief that because I also was feeling the like spiritual and new friend pressure of we made this commitment. It's her and I, the other two friends that were going to join us had other a commitment come up. So it was just going to be like our first time together. At, yeah. Or one of the it was first. Like one of our first. And I didn't want to back out. So we're both like holding this like minor secret. We're like, oh my God, do we tell each other? Do we whatever? So clearly... I spilled the beans. I was like, listen, I really don't want to go. Please don't be mad at me. She was like, oh my God, same. Let's go get margaritas. 
And really and truly what happened, how this podcast came about is that we were at the bar uh, eating some chips and guac, drinking, uh, I think I had a mezcal margarita. I think you had the same thing. Mm-hmm. Made some friends next to us at the bar because we were screaming about astrology, really and truly <laughs> screaming about astrology. And somewhere in that long-winded conversation between spirituality, astrology, and just developing our sense of self, we were like, we, we like talking about this stuff and we have pretty good rapport together. What if we did a podcast? And, you know, I feel like that's everyone's sort of stories. Like, what if we just did a podcast? But I think in that moment, it was one of those very weird and very special moments where when we said, let's call it do the work, we were both just like, oh. Signed, sealed, delivered. It was done. Well, you looked at me and you, <laughs> she had tears in her eyes, you guys. And then I started crying a little bit, had nothing to do with the margarita. And so here we are. That is how the podcast came to fruition. Those are things we'll get into later in the season. It's kind of (laughs) manifestation, talking things into existence, um, which I think is the more new age day to say fake it till you make it. Hell yeah, it is. But you know. Hell yeah, it is. So basically from that one night when we went out to a bar instead of going to Krishna Das, we decided to create this podcast, actually had some really incredible conversations about what the potential content would be. So who are these two crazy women that you are listening to right now? Okay, actually, can I tell you? I saw a meme last week that was like, <laughs> it was like, when you were growing up, the crazier you thought the woman was, the more authentic life she was living. 100%. So I would like to reframe that. Thank you. Who are these authentically embodied women that we're listening to? That are doing the damn work. That's right. So that's an unintentional, fantastic transition because... I think one of the things that I noticed when I was first entering or exploring like what it meant to be spiritual, forget about spiritual for a second, what it even meant to like be in my body and to do self-discovery and self-exploration work on and with myself. I had this idea and I think that it's sometimes perpetuated whether by the media, social media, other people in in specific communities. There is this this sentiment that I felt, I'm not saying it's valid, but that I felt that You couldn't be a spiritual into personal development and then also be like a lunatic and I think that margaritas instead of going to Krishna Das. Right. Go out to some margaritas. Right. So the duality, I think, was what I um, definitely struggled with when I first started to do this work, this spiritual work and um, really personal discovery, self-exploration. I think you bring up a really good point, which is that authenticity, doing the work on yourself, that's going to look different for absolutely every single person. The work is getting to the core of yourself. The work is bringing out that authenticity and allowing it to be what it is, right? Not forcing yourself just into the, I'm super spiritual and namaste verse, or unless that's authentically you, you can totally be in that box, but why not? Why have a box at all? That's a loaded uh, paragraph because I know that wasn't even a statement. That, there's a lot in there that we're going to explore throughout the course of this season, but Before we go any further, just really brief introductions. The voice that you're hearing right now, my name is Amanda. I am an anxiety coach, a yoga and meditation teacher, and a generally really happy human being. You can find me on Instagram at anxiety to empowerment Many of you guys listening have expressed interest in this podcast. Kate is the wonderful social media uh, genius behind our podcast account right now. So without further ado, Kate, you want to give yourself a little intro too? Oh, please calm down. (laughs) (laughs) The crowd goes wild. My name's Kate, though most people call me Callie Kate Mm -hmm. 
Although if I'm at the kickboxing place, they call me Killicate, but that's a story I mean, for a hey. different day. <laughs> I am a yoga and meditation teacher. I am a writer and editor, and I am also a generally vivacious person. Ooh, accurate. You can find me on Instagram at Callie Kate. You can also find me in Amanda's phone as Callie Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you guys, this is going to be a complete non sequitur for a second, but when we first started our podcast Instagram account, naturally the only people we were following was uh, my, myself and Kate's account. And then Kate followed our one true love, our very dear friend, uh, Champagne Poppy. Aubrey, Aubrey Graham, friend of the pod, come on the pod. Can't wait to have you on the pod. <laughs> so you guys, this is a serious note and I'm, I'm laying this out right now because this will inevitably come up again. We both like Drake. Caitlin is potentially, dare I say, in love with or best friends with Drake in your own mind. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> you know how biologists study plants or Yes, absolutely. Animals? Drake is my subject mm-hmm. of whom I study. I wouldn't say I'm in love with him. Fair. I would say I have an elevated <laughs> appreciation for his lyricism mm-hmm. and the prose in which he writes and then is able to one-up all writers and then put that to incredible beats. I just think he Artistry. is... <laughs> so we're, we're, I'm laying this out right now because there will inevitably be quite a few Drake references. She sneaks them into our conversations and I don't even really realize it half the time. So she'll have to be like, that's a Drake lyric. So if there's any Drake fans out there, if anyone knows Drake. Well, other than me. <laughs> she doesn't actually know him. Guys. <laughs> she Yet. lies. Thank Yet. you. Okay. Yes. But let's actually get into like what the work means. How, and I'm going to, I'm going to kick it to you, Kate. When, when we say, you know, do the work, what does that mean? What, how do you interpret that? The work means bringing yourself back to truth. The work means getting yourself out of story. And so when I think about doing the work, what that is, I envision if you are a little boat on the ocean of life, not a little boat, we're fucking cruise huge ships. Huge boats, take we're up space. Cruise ships, the queens. <laughs> queens. queens on a cruise, <laughs> Right. But, you know, sometimes we get off course because uh, I don't even know how to fly a boat or drive a boat. don't fly boats, I think. (laughs) Marty McFly. (laughs) We get off course, right? And to me, the simplest way to say what doing the work is, is if your boat breaks down, what are the things that get you back on course? What is the tugboat that brings you back to course? And... I think I have found, for me, those things are therapy, yoga, journaling. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I First of all, that analogy is so good because I think, you know, when we're called to do any sort of work on ourselves, any like self-development, discovery, exploration, any of this spiritual or otherwise, it's because we've gotten a little bit off course, even if we can't. Uh, name it as such. Maybe we're just like, I don't know, I feel weird or I feel like I'm in a rut. I, I don't even want to acknowledge or see that I'm off course. You do need that tugboat. And I think you bring up a great point that um, the modalities for doing work on yourselves and yourself and improving yourself, they're varied and they're different for every single person. I think you and I share a lot of the same uh, tools for doing the work, yoga and meditation being one or two, I suppose. And I totally agree with you. I I've never heard that analogy. I really like that one. I, I use a similar 
water analogy, but that's about the only similarity. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> water. Um, I say this a lot to my coaching clients too. You know, our, our physical bodies, they know how to process things that we intake, right? If we eat a hamburger from McDonald's or a leafy green salad that we made at home, our body knows what to do to process the nutrients, turn what it can into energy. Some, uh, you know, McDonald's sandwich is not going to be as energy rich. Whether you have water or alcohol, whether you have uh, kombucha or tea, your body knows what to do and it processes as best it can, right? Have you ever eaten something where you've gotten like really, really sick from it and you throw up? Because your body is literally like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, we do not want this in us. Get this out now. Mm -hmm. So our bodies are intelligent. They know how to process things that we put into it for the most part, or they try to at least. But we have an emotional and energetic body too. And we're not really trained in school how to process the intangibles, right? The emotions that we've stored, the traumas that we've carried, any of like this sticky stuff that usually goes unspoken because it requires vulnerability. I see the work as, as... like an emotional or an energetic shower. It's clearing out in the same way when you pee your brains out because you just chugged like seven gallons of water, you're flushing out your system. I drink a lot of water, you guys. That's why that was like the first thing I thought of. But in the same way you would do that, that's a no-brainer. I have to pee. I'm going to go to the bathroom. The work to me is noticing when you're full of a sticky or an uncomfortable energy and being like, oh, I got to flush this. I got to get this out of my body. And love that. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, we're all capable of doing that. We're all already attuned to our emotions. Every single person knows when something does not feel right. The trick or the were, hashtag name drop, is in not just recognizing, oh, I don't feel great about this or, oh, this isn't in full resonance or, oh, I need to look at this more. It's actually sitting with the discomfort of whatever is up. Relationships are always such a good mirror for uh, doing the work. Relationships can be friendships, by the way. It can be a relationship to family. It can be to a romantic partner. That's the best place to check your internal dial for, am I feeling good about this or am I not? And then can I get really real with, if it's not a good feeling, can I address what the underlying thing is? I think about my personal journey kind of being in therapy, in yoga, always writing and developing these modalities to feel more of myself, feel more embodied, if you will. Heal is a very charged word Mm -hmm. for me personally. And when I do these practices, I could practice and practice and practice on my own. And then when I have hard conversation with a friend or a business partner, suddenly I'm like terrified, but I want to get out of bed and be like, this is what I've been training for. (laughs) Like that's doing the work. Yeah. If I'm going to go clear my mind, get my tugboat, you know, to fix my cruise ship for what? Yeah. To have more fulfilling, vulnerable, authentic relationships that will fuel me. Mm -hmm. Even just the way that you were talking, there was so much passion and tenacity because You've gone through all of the personal development stuff, at least as much as you can up until this point in time. There's just so much behind that. There's a lot of um, commitment that it takes to yourself to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to show up to this circumstance. I think the other thing that that I want to call out that I was thinking of as you were talking was you don't do it alone. You never do any of this stuff alone, whether you are leaning on a friend, a therapist, a coach, a partner, even though I would say leaning on a partner is questionable when you're doing self-discovery work. We'll talk about that in a different way in time. <laughs> you know, there's so many modalities. You're not doing it alone. That said, 
and I'll, I'll speak from personal experience for a second. There is a point in time, I think, for everyone when they're just starting this journey of, okay, it's time for me to really look at my relationship with myself and look at what needs to shift is there are moments, I think, in the very beginning of that journey, especially where it can actually feel a little bit isolating in the sense that, okay, maybe you're the first one out of your friend group to be like, hey, so first of all, check out my new crystals. Also, I'm into all of these spiritual books now. Also, uh, I do self-help work now. Right. There's like there's like this this interesting <laughs> shift that goes on where you start to change and some people around you might not change. And that doesn't mean that you're by yourself. Right. You still have other modalities. You still have a community of people who are waiting to meet you who are also doing this work on themselves. I want to call that out because I, I felt like it definitely came up for me where I was yeah. started to feel like the weirdo because I was feeling all of my feelings for the first time. And you know, when you first learn something, you just like want everyone to know it. So everyone, you're like, why don't you see what I see? And like all jokes aside, it can feel isolating. So I I would love to hear how you feel about that. Did that come up for you too? Oh, incredibly isolating. I am, I was going to say was, but I am the, the, you know, of one of my very, very core groups, the woo woo. Yeah. You know, it has been a journey within itself to learn how to show up authentically still in those relationships as I begin to integrate more and more into my own life of not only believing in the you know neurology behind manifestation but the calming that meditation brings and I struggle with the isolation and have always felt like I had had I would have to lean into science to kind of prove why this was interesting to me to some of my friends or family members who didn't understand or wanted to write it off. One of my best friends in New York, Caroline, hi noons, <laughs> two years ago, she got me a book called Basic Witches. And wow. she was like, I just really needed you to have that. And it's just, is a thing. We, uh, <laughs> I don't think we'll ever get into politics on here, but there was a meme going around about Marianne Williamson the other day about how East Coasters think she's crazy and West Coasters are like, oh, she's my guru. <laughs> and again, like it really resonated for the two of us. <laughs> I, I, that is not a political endorsement. Of right, 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 right. <laughs> no, but I think, I think you, you brought up a couple of really good points, which is, yes, it can be isolating. I think we're both in, in resonance with that. But even as you shift, and there will be sort of this like mismatch period as you're starting to, to find yourself or this new version of yourself, parts of your old life might not fully connect, but it doesn't mean that your quote unquote old life has to disappear entirely. There are ways, and this is also a part of doing work, to expand your capacity so that you can be present for the quote unquote crunchy woo woo stuff and also still be present for your friends and your family who might know a slightly different version of you. And so there's going to be a getting to know you phase for this new version of you. But you can, I think this is a big piece of our podcast's goal in general, which is to showcase how all-encompassing you can be as a person, how you can be all of the things. You can be highly emotional and also analytical. You can, it's like that meme, you can, uh, you know, twerk and read a book, be spiritual and a freak. Like I repost that meme literally once every three months because I just love it. And I think that, you know, Q4 is coming up. <laughs> God, I honestly did almost post it the other day, you know, and I think that that ties a lot of the things that we've talked about together in a really silly and lightweight way. You can 
create a lot of really empowering shifts on yourself by doing the work on yourself. And we're going to get into really deeper specifics on situational work that you can do on yourself, specific to spirituality, all these different things we'll get into. But I think we also want to communicate to all of the listeners that you're not doing this alone, right? This is not about winging it, that there is a community of people, even if you do feel like you're a little bit isolated or you're the weirdo in your friend group, like you said, Kate. And now people just know that when I'm around them, they're going to hear about meditation, about manifestation, about astrology. I'm obsessed. I'm starting an astrology class and I'm just the wooer. Oh my God. Yes. It's very different from being a woo girl in college. Cause it'd be like football games and very like, different. Woo. Although I was a woo girl in college. Likewise. I'm not proud of it. Well, but I the, definitely was a football woo, not the woo woo. Caitlin, I Spiritual. don't know sports. Oh, Oh, but yes, I was a woo. Like woo girl in right, college. That's what I'm for saying. sure. Yes. Okay. But now, yes. So you were, you were both. You were woo. Yeah. And woo! Yes, but I wasn't as woo-woo in college. Okay. Um, I definitely had it in me. Like, I remember, like, buying witch books when I was a kid and, like, trying to do spells. Wait, do you want to hear something so embarrassing? I mean, if I'm going to tell you, I might as well just tell everyone. I won... (laughs) I don't want to say it. Oh, my gosh. You have to. You have to. I really thought I was going to get accepted into Hogwarts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead ass serious. I... I was so pissed when I turned 13 and Hagrid didn't come. I never got a letter. I was so mad. It was insane. I have so much empathy for you and I understand none of what you said because... (laughs) You're a muggle. Because I'm not a Harry Potter person. It was my 2019 goal to read all the Harry Potter books, but here we are in Q3 and I haven't started. But I do want to empathize with you. That for not getting yeah. into Hogwarts. Not getting into Hogwarts. So the tip of the iceberg with, like, my weird witchy stuff. I used to, like, make fairy huts uh, out of sticks. This is a true story. Fair, my Aunt Mary taught me how to do this, make fairy huts. Um, we would I'd go visit her in Maine uh, one summer. But anyway, the woo-woo stuff has been in me for a long time. I don't think that I felt safe to actually let it out oh, until very recently. I, and very how, recently. How recent? So, you know, everything happens in, like, an... What's that Steve Jobs quote? Like, you can connect the dots only looking backwards or whatever. Sure. I don't know. I like it, though. I think the reason I really connected to yoga, like, first yoga class ever, I hated it, actually. I was like, this is so hard, and I feel like the teacher's judging me, which, Mm -hmm. hello, inner work needs to be done there. (laughs) You know, 23, 24-year-old Amanda, no one's judging you. I thought you were going to say, hello, of course they were. definitely weren't but <laughs> and as to yoga teachers now we know very much that they were not oh th- we're lit yoga teachers it's so funny because as a teacher you also tell people like oh I, I don't want to do yoga because I'm not flexible and you're like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's the same thing with judgment I feel like that's the the second most popular question it's like I feel like everyone's judging me no one I-D-G-A-F <laughs> listen the teacher is just trying to make sure she remembers her sequence make sure no one's getting hurt and adjust the music so that Drake a Aubrey <laughs> friend of the pod come on the pod <laughs> if you don't know who Aubrey is up. again at Champagne Poppy on Instagram god I really hope he sponsors us one day well 
We could have his Virginia Black. That's his own special whiskey line. Wow. Yeah. You yeah. don't got to worry about blending in when you're custom made. That's also a Drake quote. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to you. <laughs> strong Gemini vibes happening here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank we you. love it. Anyway, I was about to start a really long story, but basically I think yoga probably got me to be in my body for the first time and be really present. And then once I was present and able to actually still my mind, I was like, whoo. There's a lot of stuff going on in there that I need to look at. And that was a slow uh, and evolving process. I should say slow to start, but then really once I decided to like break my own heart open and start getting really vulnerable and start asking questions of myself that I hadn't asked. And I sought out coaches and mentors of my own and I went down my whole uh, spiritual journey and then things started to happen really quickly. But all of that happened, I would say on a deep level, it's been rolling for five years. Wow. But personally, the most intense growth has been in the last year when I went full-time with my entire business. I relocated. I was like really, really doing everything by myself. And man, if you're not doing work on yourself when you start a business, you're going to be in a rough place because it is not an easy first year, even when you have a successful business. Yeah. A lot of emotional stuff that comes up. Let me tell you. <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What was the question? <laughs> How long do you think you've been doing the work, the woo-woo, hippy-dippy stuff for? Well, interesting. The hippy-dippy shit stuff. This is our podcast. Yeah, we, we can, can say shit. Okay, cool. <laughs> I've been doing the hippy-dippy cool, shit cool, cool. for... How are we defining hippy-dippy? Yeah, actually, when, as that came out of my mouth, I was like, I say that really lovingly. Right, of course. Let's just say, like, buying your crystals I literally was or just journaling. Say, the first crystal I bought, maybe two years ago, but more than a, a crystal, I bought what I call my magic jacket. I've only <laughs> worn it five times, and this jacket has yet to disappoint. And I say, I tell the story because I bought it from a crystal store, and so... So the woman sold me on it. I sold myself on it. Let's be real. It was black and has like a cute corset in the back. And this has like gold sparkles in it. Not sparkles, but like it's an Indian silk design. this? I I only see this. It truly, I love you, but apparently I haven't needed to be magical around you. You bring it out. Oh my gosh. Thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) So she said this jacket has been in the store and is charged with all of the energies of the crystals. So just be weary when you wary be cognizant when you wear yes, the jacket because it has this charge to it and I have never taken anything more seriously in my life <laughs> I, tr- I truly I recently left my job and uh, am navigating how to make a life of my own mm-hmm. and I wore this magic jacket to each of the two women that I pitched oh. and had wonderful feedback from them and I wore it a couple of other times. Here's the thing that I really love about that, too, is, like, I obviously, I firmly believe that you had a little bit of extra vibrational charge helping mm-hmm. you with those things, which, just side note to anyone listening, in the documentary Heal, they talk about uh, the placebo effect, mm-hmm. and I love the placebo effect, because there could be someone listening right now um, that's like, yeah, that's absolutely not true. It was all in her head. And, you know, she she showed up really well, and she prepared for those meetings, and she made all those amazing things happen. It wasn't the jacket. Great. That's placebo effect. I'll take a placebo effect, 
with super positive results because I have an object or a tool or a modality that helps me to believe in myself or totally. helps gives me structure or a framing of how I approach a situation. So I just love that like th- that Jack is like such a funny example because it's like it's got the spiritual side, it's got the what if it was placebo effect? And then who cares? And I think that's with any of the tools, any of the things that we talk about is, okay, cool. If you think crystals are weird, don't use crystals. Light a candle and have a moment to reflect your muse on what happened in your day and then find some nuggets to improve upon yourself uh, tomorrow. If you're like, yeah, that's too much time. My mind is too active. Great. Find something else that suits you. I think I'm literally drawing a blank for that the food thing where everyone can pick what they want. Everyone can pick... This doesn't sound like like a watchers. smorgasbord potluck. A potluck. <laughs> I don't know why. So so I do this thing where if I'm really laser focused on one point, I forget like true English words. One time you're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> one time, one time I uh, forgot what gasoline for a car was called. This is a true story, and I called it fire water. <laughs> I'm an intelligent person, and I called gasoline fire water. So, anyway, life isn't goddamn smorgasbord. You can pick whatever you want. Is you want, or is it a potluck? Oh. <laughs> okay, you guys, if you're listening to this, can you explain to Caitlin and I the difference between smorgasbord? I don't even think I'm saying that right. And potluck. Is it smorgasbord? Smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. Let's go to Germany and find out if that's where that word is from. Anyway, you got options. There, it is provided for you. And mm-hmm. potluck, you each bring something. You bring something to the table, Ooh. and then your entire community gets a little something from everyone. Wow. Can this analogy be both of them? Because, like, yeah. isn't that what life is? Amen. Things are 100% provided to you at all points in time. But sometimes you need a little salt and pepper mm-hmm. from the woman next to you. Luckily, she brought that. She's going to help you. If anyone only brought salt and pepper to my potluck, they would never be invited back. <laughs> Like, you better do the work in a kitchen. Kaylin has perfectly seasoned food. She just made me a sandwich earlier. I can attest to that. And also, yet, here's Sam. Okay, so so one last question um, in our primer episode, really, really, so that people can get a sense for our personalities. Because if you don't like this, sorry, not sorry, and sins, it, sins. And if you do like this, we're gonna have a lot of fun, Kaylin. Do you do personal development work? Do you do the work, spiritual work, on yourself every day? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, reflecting about this this morning, when there are times of when I know, I cognitively, intuitively, emotionally, mentally know I need it most, mm-hmm. I get trapped, and I'm like, I know exactly exactly the path to like get my cruise ship attached to that tugboat and I'm just like meh fuck it why you know mm-hmm. every Tuesday between 2.30 and 3.30 my pet therapist talk about that but <laughs> <laughs> um, if I'm being truly honest and authentic no I don't do the work every day it is a lot to do the work every day I have so much respect for everyone who does do the work every day I would say I do a form of work mm-hmm. on myself maybe five times a week 
also to be clear, when I'm saying doing, quote, the work every day, I'm thinking, am I taking 10 minutes to meditate? Am I getting on my mat for 10 minutes to an hour? Am I journaling? No, I don't do those every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and if we kind of expand that and say, do I do the work every day with myself back, kind of like... Um, coming back up to 30,000 feet and hovering over to look at the pattern of thoughts rather than just every single thought coming through and attaching them. I do that every day. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I Do you do it every day? I want to steal your exact answer. Please. Um, because I think it's true. Is There are months at a time where I, I'm really, really dedicated and not like quote unquote good about it. Cause I feel like I have to be, uh, with my meditation or my seated practice, but really because I'm called to it and it fuels me and it nourishes me. Um, but there's days where, or weeks really where it, I just fall off a little bit. Now, does that mean because I didn't meditate three days in a row that like I'm similar to you not catching my thoughts? Of course not. Um, and I, I always think about, um, my own uh, coach and mentor and sister, friend, everything, Melanie Klein, who, when we first started working together um, quite a while ago at this point, when I would be having one of my, like, I'm starting a business, I'm having an emotional breakdown moments, and she would catch me, and, you know, she would lovingly say, like, oh, girl, you're rolling in it. Like, you are rolling in it right now. Like, totally languishing in the, like, like you said, when you feel a little bit trapped, and it's like, I know I need to catch my thoughts, and I can't right now. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the best I can, but they're getting away from me. There's an argument to say that even that is a piece of the work because when you are stuck within a self-imposed cage within your own mind, right? Like a thought pattern, a, a false belief, whatever it is, and you're stuck there and you're quote unquote, not doing anything to get yourself out of it. If you can recognize that you're not doing something, you already have an awareness of the moment, right? So that gets a little bit meta, but you are doing some form of work. And I would also say that if you're not ready to pull yourself up out of your moment, like when I, when I had my like, oh my God, the world is ending. Everything is so difficult moments. I wasn't ready to pull myself up out of it because I actually needed the lesson of the struggle. Wow. And that's really important too. And doing the work also is not about life being sunshine and rainbows all the time. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, I would like to think like we're pretty happy, upbeat, oh, feisty, fun people. And that said... The highs are high, and because we are very in touch with our emotions, as are a lot of the people within our community and, and mentors, friends, inspiration points, um, the work is not easy. I laughed because the thought of having sunshines and rainbows is just so <laughs> ghastly bizarre to me. That's not to say that I don't see sunshine and rainbows often and can bring myself to that place of understanding that I am so grateful for this life and all that I have. And I don't mean that materialistically. I mean relationship rich yeah. in, meaning, in yeah. what I have, which is truly, I guess, what you share, right? Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. because we don't have anything. But rainbows and butterflies? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> and listen, not every day. Not every day. Sometimes it, not for a week. It, but we're given a spectrum of motions. This mm-hmm. was one of the... I, this is one of my first. If re, re, to answer your other question, yeah. when did you start getting like hippie and woo woo and spiritual? Probably since I was a child, because I remember I was brought up Catholic. I don't identify as Catholic, but I remember um, when I would be sitting in the pews during like school mass or whatever. I was never paying attention. I was always like thinking about other things, and I, I remember thinking about, although I definitely didn't have the words for it, thinking about perfectionism. Again, I was like what twelve, so like I don't. I didn't know that it was a word, or maybe it did. Who knows? But just thinking, who is expecting us to be happy all the time? Who is expecting us to be happy all the time? I think probably in that context, I was thinking about like a God figure, a universal figure. But really, it's such a fallacy that we're all like kind of weirdly self-imposing on each other. It's like, okay, let's all pretend to be perfect, but we're all like kind of like struggling on the inside. And it's like, no, let's break that wall, all commit to actually working on ourselves. And in that commitment, there's a mutual recognition some days that's just going to suck a little. Yeah. But then guess what? When you move through the sucky stuff and you feel your feels and you actually start to dive into, okay, what do I need? What am I not giving myself? What am I not paying attention to? What do I need to shift my focus to? When you start to do that, then the experience of the sunshine and rainbows and the experience of the butterflies and the laughter and everything is great. That is magnified, yes. right? You used the word contrast earlier before we even started recording best word in the world. Mm-hmm. You need contrast. You need the shit to see the sunshine. You really do. Sports thing, so you can tune out Amanda. Go, go, go. But, um, <laughs> my dad used to always say that sometimes all you can do is block and tackle your way down the field, which means you're on defense, not offense. And I think about that often. You're not always going to be the star quarterback throwing touchdowns and celebrating in the end zones, but it is often said that defense wins championships. Ooh. And when you think about that from an inner work perspective, taking the time to be in that dark, to be in the contrast, to know that you are uncovering and self-discovering, that's what sets you up to have those celebratory moments. Wow. I want to end it there. That's perfect. All right. Just like you. At the end of all of our episodes, guys, we're going to leave you with homework, right? Because what is do the work if we're not leaving you with some sort of prompt or thing for you to take away? Now, again, this is our first episode, so we're going to start it nice and simple. Mm -hmm. Tonight or later today, when you have five minutes, pick one area of your life that needs a little bit of TLC. Ask yourself, what is not working here, right? What is not working here? So, so another way of looking at that is, yeah, let, let's use a tangible example. And I'm going to go back to partnership because that, I think, always lands in the most clear way. Let's say you have your boyfriend or your girlfriend, normally happy relationship, but you've just had that, like, feeling, you know, that, like, something's not... and I'm going to avoid it and I'm going to think over it or think under it, but I'm definitely not going to work through it right now. Sit down for five minutes with that thing and free write. Free write, what is it that's not working? Okay, so a a clear example. I'll put it in the context of me that way. We're not like calling any friends or anything out. Um, (laughs) But let's say uh, my imaginary partner comes home and I just say I'm tired. Okay, I'm not tired. What is it really? 
I don't really want to talk to him right now. Okay, what is it really? I don't want to talk to him because I'm avoiding conversation. Okay, what is that conversation, right? So you're asking, what is it really to every answer that you give yourself so that you can start to get under the hood of your own emotions and get down to that P of information, right? That truth, really. And that's what Kate started out this entire podcast with. The work is truth. So just for today, pick one area of your life and ask yourself, again and again and again, what is this really until you get to truth? And then that's the thing that you have to start doing some work on. And we'll talk about that when we get together again uh, for our next episode. And doesn't have to just be partnerships. Can be mm-hmm. how your boss made you feel at work. How, oh, how your friend is addressing you when you're hanging out in your groups with all other friends. Ooh. Just, it could be so many things. Yep. So many things. I like that friend one too, because there can always be like interesting dynamics with large groups. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like minimization, and yeah, that's super interesting. Okay, so that's the prompt. If you guys are working on this or uh, want to talk to us, you can always send us a message on Instagram at do the work pod or tag us in your stories because we love to see that. <laughs> that's it, guys. We'll see you here next for episode two. Don't forget to do your homework, tag us in your homework, and we'll see you soon. Do the Work! Woo!